We have a match that uh, this is the first proper match of the tournament. My son is very excited to watch. Uh, so let's fucking pod. Welcome back. This is the Long Snapper podcast. It has been a while, which is always the case in the off season with us. Um, we pod very inconsistently, but we are back. Rich, Pat and Craig are with me. I'm Adam. Hello, everybody. Are we good? Evening, Adam. Good, thank you. How are you? That was very formal. Um, yeah, I'm very well. Um, I've been I've been jabbed today um, which, for the second time, which is very nice. Um, cool. Craig, it's been a while since you've been on. Um, how are you? I'm in better, I'll be honest. <laughs> 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 don't listen don't ask the question if you don't want a real answer adam i've got how long we got mate i've got some stuff i want to talk about joking but yeah no it's been a, <laughs> it's been a tricky few months i've not long changed jobs and since the beginning of the year it's really kicked up so yeah busy 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 we should be grateful for your time which Agreed. is also limited um <laughs> we're always grateful for your Basically, time that's how i feel most people should treat me yeah, just be yeah, absolutely. fucking there <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that in mind, I'm going to crack on very quickly. Obviously, I've got a quiz. Um, it wouldn't be a long sapper podcast if somebody didn't. Um, so here we go. You may have heard and we may discuss a trade between the Tennessee Titans and the Atlanta Falcons for a certain chap called Julio Jones. Um, he has, well, he has decided that he will let AJ Brown keep the number 11. And that little debate made me think of other people in NFL history to have worn the number 11 jersey so that's what this quiz is going to be about 11 I'm I'm going to be well you're all going to be on the buzzer obviously the buzzers sound like you saying your own name that goes without saying I'm going to give you a year span and then a sequence of teams that players play for who would have mainly worn the number 11 jersey in their career you buzz in if you know who it is. If you get it correct, you get two points. If you get it wrong, you lose a point. That's, there you go. Follow those rules? <laughs> yeah, sure. Obviously. They're not complicated. Um, right, let's just start and I'll work it out. Okay. I'm going to give you a nice, nice little friendly starter. So 2005, you can buzz in at any point. Interrupt me if you wish. You're risking losing a point, that's all. Right, 2005 to 2020. San Francisco. Craig. Craig, yes. No? <laughs> oh, yeah, Craig. Yeah, Craig, Craig, Craig. <laughs> Go on. Uh, Alex Smith. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is Alex Smith. He's had some time off, so he hasn't changed. I very, 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 very nearly said Kaepernick, but I'm sure he was seven. <laughs> he was definitely seven. Um, okay. Next up. Went after he gave up already. No, 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 I was in. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, because it'll make a difference to the quiz outcome. <laughs> you never know. Right. 2004 to present. Arizona. Rich. Yes, Rich. I've been waiting for that one. It's Larry Fitz, isn't it? It's Larry Fitz. <laughs> um, I, I didn't have any other teams to read out after that, obviously. <laughs> All right, 1993 to 2006. New England, Buffalo, Craig. 
Yes. Uh, um, Bledsoe? Yeah, well done, Drew Bledsoe. New England Buffalo and Dallas. Okay, 1988 to 2001. Uh, strap yourselves in. Washington, Cleveland, St. Louis. Philadelphia, St. Louis, and Indianapolis. Any idea, anybody? Uh, do the whole thing again, please. Washington, Cleveland, St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What years? 88. 88 to 2001. Yeah. Washington, Cleveland, St. Louis, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Indianapolis. You all got a chicken out, aren't you? Oh, I don't want to risk it, but I'm... <laughs> My God, oh, it's, no, he's too, is he too far away? Okay, I'll put you out of your misery. It was, uh, it was Mark Rippon. Okay, good. I would have got that wrong. <laughs> 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 All right, next up, 2012 to present. Cincinnati. Rich, Rich yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Craig. No, no, uh, I'm not giving it up yet. You had about 10 minutes of stalling on yours. And it's already the amount of time I took, so let's get awesome. Let's get <laughs> This this is fun. I reckon at this point, Rich, you've got about Rich needs to answer the question, bro. He does. He does. He's got about a five percent chance of getting it right at this point, I reckon. Oh, it's not even that high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's who I thought it was. Well, who who did you think? You might as well guess because you're gonna lose a point anyway. Nah, go for it. Uh, is it? Well, it's open. Well, Craig, you can Craig, buzz Craig. it now if you want. Craig. Craig. Um, it's got to be Dalton. Uh, no, it's not that. It's not Dalton. <laughs> um, Pat's going to get it all to himself. Um, oh, 14. Is he 14? He is 14. 2012 to present. Cincinnati. <laughs> Shut up. Cincinnati. <laughs> Detroit. Jacksonville. Craig, 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 sorry. No, you can't, you're out. Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> Come on. I'm, oh. Standard elimination rules, Craig. Flipping out. Pat, give us an answer. I should know. I can't think of it. <laughs> uh, I should have listened. I didn't do the teams. Cincinnati, Detroit, Jacksonville. All right, let's have a guess. I can only finish on minus one, can't I? Marvin Jones Jr. Correct. Well done. There we go. Good job. <laughs> All right. 2011 to present. Pay attention. Jacksonville. San Francisco. Arizona. Tennessee. Tampa Bay. Anybody going to have a go at that one? Jacksonville. Yes, Rich. Is it Blaine Gabbert? It is Blaine Gabbert. Two points. Uh, I'm glad I forgot him. It's the only guy that I could think of that we'd taken after he'd been at Jacksonville. Did you say two points? I did. Two points for a correct answer, one away for an incorrect answer. Very clearly explained at the start. (laughs) (laughs) 2012 to present. Dallas. Buffalo. Mark's going to be screaming, screaming, listen to this. Of course he is. No, that would be, that would be Cole Beasley. 
He's, he's going to be angry. He's right. Bad. <laughs> 2000 to 2018. Oakland. Seattle. That was, uh, I was going to have a go at this one. Oakland to Seattle. Yeah. End of his career was when? 2018. Go on, Rich. Go on. Uh, not confident enough. Okay, you little wuss. Right. That was Sebastian Janikowski. Come on, man. Okay. Good. I'm glad I didn't go for it because it wasn't as well. Eight seconds, bro. We, 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 I ain't done a pod in a while. <laughs> Great. You're the one with the hard stop. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, true. <laughs> All right. 2016 to present. New York Jets, Carolina. Rich. Yes. It's got to be Darnold, right? It isn't, it Sam is. Darnold. Oh. Pat. Yes, Pat. Mr. Anderson, Robbie. <laughs> it is. Uh, that takes you Fuck. into the lead on four. I mean, that's Raise embarrassing for you guys. Rich is on two. <laughs> it is. Right. Uh, Stop guessing. A while 1999 ago. to 2009. Minnesota, Miami, uh, Oakland, Detroit. Anyone having a go at that? Craig's looking. Uh... Just feel so far ago. <laughs> All right. An emerge. That was no, no. Dante Culpepper. Ah, that's a well. All right. If you think that's a long time ago, how about <laughs> 1986 to 1997? LA Rams, New Orleans, San Diego. I have a feeling that none of you are going to touch this with a barge pole. LA Rams. This is the last question, Adam. San Diego. No, there were two more after this. Um... Cool, so we're just about going to sneak AOB in after the quiz then. (laughs) None of this. No one. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. That's the the truth of the matter. (laughs) All right. Jim Everett, that was. 1979 to 1993. New York Football Giants. End of list. What what were the years? Do it again. Seventy-nine to ninety-three. <sighs> so that would have been You're Craig. one point behind Craig. Yeah, yes, I'm Craig. Have to go. Um Kelly. Kelly. Nope. Thinking of Buffalo, so that's not New York. <laughs> 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 I was like, should I ask you for a first name? Knowing deep down that you clearly met Jim Kelly in a weird way. Uh, that's minus one. Uh, you might need the last one. Anyone else can have a go at that? I didn't think so. I've got... Oh, I, can't, I actually can't think of anyone. It's only because he's keeps popping up and having a pop at his bestie Shanahan. Is it Phil Sims? 
This feels Sims rich. How about that? You are into the. I had no idea what his number was. That was joint lead. Yes. <laughs> right. Anybody can win off this last question, so pay attention. 2009 to 2016. Minnesota. Seattle. New York Jets. Seattle. Buffalo. Hasn't always worn the number 11 jersey. Rich, oh, I'm going to go for it. Oh, oh, Rich. In there. I think you did. Uh, Percy Harvin? Percy Harvin is correct. Yeah, that's, that is a shout. And you are going to get some music, sir. Well played. Ah, oh, shout. Been a while. <laughs> Quite like this. Went up again. <laughs> yeah, well done. You've plucked a couple of answers at the end there. Bro, when you're not tapped into the NFL for a number of months, rolling back to like 79 and that, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to get to game speed first. Like, <laughs> let's have a couple of scrimmages, bro. <laughs> the problem is when we have Wait. a lot of time off, Adam has a lot of time to write questions. It's complicated. <laughs> you remember me, right? You do remember me. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, there dude. you go. That didn't quite go the way I expected. Not not saying I doubted you, Rich, but I did <laughs> no. definitely doubt you. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to some NFL news. And well, there's not been a massive amount of late. It is the middle of June. It's not peak NFL business time. Um, the draft's out the way. Um, most of the free agents have been snapped up. Um, we're into sort of... OTAs and training camp stuff, which is almost oh. as dull as a combine, quite frankly. Um, you get videos of quarterbacks throwing passes to receivers when they're, they don't have defenders around them. It doesn't really tell you very much, um, but they're nice to look at. It's that time of the year when all the news you want is just there have been no injuries. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, but there's been a bit of news that I'm quite pleased about. Um, this is going back a week or so, a little bit more than a week. Um, the Julio Jones trade. <laughs> Can't is... imagine why you'd bring that up, Adam. Well, uh, uh, I mean, I was struggling for other stuff. Um, I mean, I could talk about the Kevin Johnson's shock retirement, which has depleted the Titans secondary. Um, but, well, it hasn't. This is this is what we should be spending our precious podcast minutes on. Kevin Johnson, yeah. I mean, he. Well, I'll I'll briefly take you through. Oh, go back to Julio. No one cares. About it's bizarre though. It was about a third or fourth string cornerback that we picked up, um, and he just. Oh, so you're going to tell us that? Yeah, perfect. ACL injury. If uh, if we're doing really deep shit that no one else cares about, that... uh, Salah's currently on fifteen hundred yeah. calories a week uh, day. Sorry, so uh, all, the, all all the top news here. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about Julio, Adam? Do you think you're I... part... <laughs> well, I th- you can probably imagine how I feel about Julio. Um, like most Titans fans, absolutely delighted. Um, one or two aren't, um, because why? I, I don't know, honestly. They hate <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because years of being hurt has made them cynical and bitter. 
I, th- I think it's just a bit of risk aversion. Um, what risk, Adam? That, I, before well, this happened, before this happened, real talk, other than saying you, you know, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't even think of a, an, a, a reasonable analogy. If you could have the top three, if you could pick any top three trades, would Julio not be one of? Let's say a top five, top ten options. Anything you could have happen, would Julio not be up there? I just, I cannot see the downside of this. Um, he's... You're preaching, you're preaching to the converted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's by far and away the highest quality wide receiver that anyone could have imagined might be available this off season. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's been a bit of a weird off season for how we've approached free agency and how we've drafted. Um, because Corey Davis has gone, he's gone to the Jets. Yeah. Um, great, great pickup for the Jets, and we'll talk, we'll talk about the Jets in a, in a in a minute. But um, we haven't, we didn't take a receiver until the fourth round in the draft. Um, picked up uh, what's his name from the Rams, Reynolds, um, but he wasn't striking me as a wide receiver too, or anywhere near sort of Corey Davis level. Um, so there was this big hole that's been left, and something was obviously in mind the whole time. Um, but I still wouldn't have been shocked if it hadn't happened. If, if it suddenly announced that um, Jones had gone to the Pats or the Raiders or somewhere else, it wouldn't have surprised me. It would have disappointed me. And we'd have been left thinking, right, we're going to go after someone else or someone, someone inferior. Um, but the way the trade was done for a pick swap in, I think, the following year and basically a second round pick. Um, and what, what are you going to get from a second round pick? you're more than likely going to get something not as good as even a 32-year-old Julio Jones. Two, two things that absolutely thrill me about this. One is the fact that he clearly wanted to come to Tennessee. Um, and he clearly wanted to come to Tennessee because he thinks they're a team that are likely to win and be successful. Um, two is the fact that Tennessee went and did it. Yeah. You know, the Tennessee of five years ago aren't making that sort of trade. They aren't saying... Let's go and grab this. Let's go and make, you know, maybe it's a Super Bowl window. You know, maybe it's not. Maybe it doesn't come off. But I'd rather do this and it not work than die wondering if you don't make that trade. Is it a bit like picking Clowney up a year ago? OK, that didn't work, but they're trying it. And if you don't try when you've got plenty of off- certainly offensive pieces, there's plenty of question marks still about the Tennessee defense. Um, but with the talent that's there, um, AJ Brown, who is absolutely delighted, he's kind of taking it on his shoulders to go out and recruit Julio, who is his idol, his absolute idol. That's why he wears the number 11. Um, and the fact that it's all come off and there's this huge loving, you know, Julio's out to dinner with Ryan Tannehill one night, he's out with AJ Brown the next. It's, everybody seems delighted. And it's a statement from the team that this is what we're going to be it's, it's it goes against what I'm used to. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm obviously thrilled. The the one thing that really gets me about this trade is the amount of shade that seems to have been thrown at Tannehill. There's this whole thing of like, why would you go to Tennessee where you've got Ryan Tannehill thrown to him? Like, have you not watched him the last two years? He's been at <laughs> least great, if not excellent. I don't understand why this narrative around Tannehill still exists. Well, yeah, I, I mean, people remember him in Miami. It was the first thing. 
Adam Gates. Um, so <laughs> I, I agree with that. I, I, Adam, I, I think you've you've now you've um, you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of the the move itself and the statement from Tennessee. Um, we, we had a chat. I don't know if it was the beginning of this season or the beginning of last season, and you were like, "We're good," and I was like, "You are good." But you're also the Titans, and I, and I, and you took that a bit <laughs> badly at the time, I guess. But it is—it's that it's like a safe pair of hands, a very steady Eddie. Um, but you talked about the Clowney move in this one, and I—I I couldn't agree more. You've done all the hard work, really created and built. It's almost a throwback. Um, I guess I don't—I can't think of many NFL teams who have had as well a process over a period of time, even despite um, change of head coach. Like you, 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 you've almost, it's not, it's no, it's this, this is no Titans team of the past. So I think you've done a great job in, in really, you know, doing well in the fundamentals, but also accepting that a team has to be exciting. A team has to be fun. If you want people to know and talk and support them. And I think the Titans have done a, a wicked job in that. If it would, <clears throat> for my personal taste, if I was getting into the NFL right now, Tennessee would be high up on a team that I'd want to watch. But the other part of it is Julio. You've got one of the top five receivers in the league. I'm telling you he is. There's no debate about it. Okay, he doesn't score as many touchdowns. Fine. He is uncoverable still to this day. You can't cover Julio Jones. Um, but the thing about it is you look at like any sport, right? There's full of egos. And in the wide receiver core, it is a very ego-driven position, mainly because you are, unlike other positions, or maybe not so much unlike, um, but particularly you are one-on-one <clears throat> -on -one often, right? Your job is to be another man. So there is, a, there is an ego that is needed, a self-assuredness that is needed for the position. Because if you do not win, you hurt your team and it's always very, very obvious. No one is checking every play to see if the left guard's won every matchup and he could play four, five, six other linemen. Often out wide, you're going to be, particularly if you're the... the, the uh, wide receiver one, you're going to be covered by one, maybe two guys. So it is so important that you beat your man. So the point I'm making is you've got these egos um, that are associated with the position um, and you look at how it can impact a dressing room. I'm talking about, you know, OBJ at Cleveland um, when you bring in these big name receivers to have your best receiver out there saying, I love this guy. I can't wait till he gets here. <laughs> that is going to, I mean, it just shows you what a fun environment that's going to be. And, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, it's a romance a... rather than a clash of egos, I and... think. And it, it, <laughs> so I, that's I, how it's going to be. When, well, also, I, AJ Brown's got to be thinking he's going to pick up a lot of tips from, from Julio. And Julio's not his competition in the long term. He's only going to play there for maybe three years. Sorry, think. let me, I just want to finish my point. Sorry, like, Craig. It's less about the X's and O's, right? If you, when you've got such an ego-driven environment, if you know you're going there and the best player there, arguably, right? AJ Brown is arguably your best player, certainly your best receiver, is saying, bro, this is guy, this guy's the GOAT. Get his ass here. I want to watch him play. I'm going to do everything I can to help him win. You're going to have seven, eight, nine guys who have to take that lead. 
And so when when you know Julio's trotting out there, and Julio does rest now as well. If you watched him last year, he doesn't play every snap. So there's, they're going to find ways to figure him in, and you're going to see them in, encouraging and celebrating each other's success. I mean, it's such yeah. a positive environment. Having played, I played wide right receiver, and I can tell you my best production, obviously it's a very completely different level, um, but my best production came when there was great vibes in the receiving core, when there was two or three, four of us, Great friendly competition, but all we wanted to do is see each other ball out. And it makes all the difference in the world. I think they're going to be so dangerous. I think AJ Brown and Julio Jones are going to be top performers next year. And I think you are one of the leaders to win the West. I think AJ Brown more likely to win the South, but I'll take I'll take that. (laughs) West? (laughs) Uh, It's not even the West. That's been a while. I, 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 well, it's not even. I, I was, I was, I was literally, I was, I was literally going to say the AFC, but I've been watching a lot of basketball at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think your, um, your favourites for the AFC after that move. I just think it's huge. Yeah, and I think AJ Brown's right to think that the move benefits him more than it hurts him, because although you know he'll lose some targets, given what you've already lost in that um, receiving core, he's going to lose more in terms of who he gets covered by than he does in terms of targets. So it's an overall net benefit and a net positive for how far Tennessee can go in the competition as a whole. And I think you only have to look at the sort of shade that the move was getting from fans outside of Tennessee. People are jealous of this move. Everyone wanted him. And people look at him going to, you know, little old solid Tennessee and not to one of the big flashy teams. And they, they the, the, the common um, slagging off of it is, oh, it's such a waste. Why is he going somewhere like that? It's like, well... You've got to realise that teams change with the times and uh, Tennessee are building a really nice roster there. So uh, don't just think they're going to be little mid-table Tennessee all the rest of the time. Well, I sort of want to jump on Craig's point around um, exciting teams (laughs) for the... (laughs) Exciting teams in the NFL at the moment. You think about Tennessee, someone made some comments, snide comment about the defence there. And I'm thinking... Yeah, but you you can put up 40 points a game a number of times this season. I wouldn't be surprised if you do it four, five, six times this season. Because if you cover the wide receivers, you just run the ball down your throat. And if you try and stop the run with Henry, you just throw on them. It's, it's, a, it's a really scary offense. And honestly, I'm just glad it's in the AFC. I mean, although we do have to play you, I think. Yeah, we are playing the NFC West this <laughs> this year. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, I I mean, if if teams, what do, what do you do? A dime formation, get Henry or run all over you. Um, you, oh, you stack oh, the box and just play action, whatever. It's just. I in my, in my, I mean, is there a more balanced team in the AFC? I mean, you're talking about weapons. You've got to talk about Kansas, but. That running game is nowhere near as dominant as the Titans' running game. I don't know that there's a more balanced team. Who's got, who? Who well, has? I mean, the the, the defense might be the might be the okay. issue if you're looking at a complete I'm talking, team. Talking offense, yeah, yeah, yeah offense, I don't think yeah. you're that bad on defense. You lost. Um, what's the uh, tackle? Was it last year or the year before? He was probably one of your best players who ended up going right. Casey, a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we're, Jeffrey Simmons is. Phenomenal talent in that position, but yeah, there, there have there have been some holes. The pass rush has been non-existent, but a lot yeah. of personnel change. So we'll just see how that develops. Um, Craig, you've, I mean, I, I can't believe how long we've talked about the Titans, which is really rare. I don't get mm. that opportunity on this podcast. Um, it's been a while for you. 
Um, Corey Davis, as, uh, as I touched on, um, I think is a great pickup for you guys. The Jets seem to be moving in the right direction. Oh, it's, it feels like the clouds have parted. The sun is out. <laughs> spring has sprung. I said, two, I said two years ago how excited I was about the Jets. And it was an utter... Um, unequivocal car crash. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm really mindful about um, what I put out there. But I've got to say, first and foremost, Robert Saller has done nothing but um, fill me with confidence. Very, very assured, man. Very assured. You know, Adam Gase does his first press conference. Guy <laughs> looks like he's tweaking. His eyes are all over the place. It's, it was, it was not, not, not the man you wanted ahead of a ship. Um, Robert Salah is a leader and you know, you don't need to be in a, uh, in NFL <clears throat> football sport in general to recognize the skills associated with a leader. And, uh, he's coming. It doesn't look like anyone's questioned who's in charge. And that's always a great sign. Getting people on board without having to do a lot of work is, um, is good. It's good. It's good news. Um, I think we've done. I think we drafted well. I'm really pleased with the draft. Happy with the quarterback. Happy with moving Sam on. I do rate Sam. I think he will go on and play well. But I think make it clean. Don't cause any issues next year. Fair enough. Um, I actually don't like. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind it. Corey Davis is is, is a solid NFL wide receiver. But I I think he'll be lucky to see the field. I think our given that we only had Jameson Crowder last year, and probably maybe the year before that. Um, you know, and um, yeah, I, 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 with Elijah Moore and some of our draft picks, I think I that loved, room. Is... Elijah Moore's a great pick. So, I, so, I so. personally, I personally wouldn't have moved Arnold on for what it's worth. Um, yeah. I'd have used that high pick to trade to trade back or something. That's the way I'd have seen it. But I just think, regardless of any of that, that coaching change is just huge. Complete it's just change change the whole, of culture. It's changed the whole look. Exactly, changed the whole look of the franchise, and and not only that, but it really seems as though um, him and Douglas have a shared understanding. Whereas it, previously, you didn't really hear about the GM and the head coach. Do you get what I'm saying with Gase? Yeah. So I just think it really does feel like we've done a 180. I don't think we're going to, you know, we ain't going to light it up next year, but you will see progress. And I want us to, you know, five, six, seven wins would be great. Um, but the quarterback developing would be helpful. And I, I love our defense and I really expect our defense to be, we've got great options on offense, but next year with Salah there, what I expect to see is a mean, mean Jets defense, some old school smash mouth, beat everyone up. We've got a great defensive line um, if we can manage to keep Q healthy. Um, we've got some great talent at the left tackle in Mackay Beckton. We picked up linemen. I just think it's a real fresh start for the Jets. And I think everyone accepted how bad Gase was, which makes it a true fresh start, unlike when we took Gase on. So I'm excited. Look forward to next year. I think it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. You might not. You're not going to finish last in the AFC East. That'll be Buffalo. <laughs> you, you say progress, Craig, and I think that's one of the key things that I've seen from the Jets this season that we never really saw under the the Gase regime is 
you look at who you signed under Gase and you bring in free agents like Lev Bell, you look at who you're signing now and it's not big names. It's people that they're bringing in that they know can do a job. So obviously I, I love Salah from the time at, at the Niners. He's brought in a guy called Ronald Blair, who was never a big name at the Niners, but he was a guy that Salah loved. And and we loved him as well. He had a couple of injuries, which were problems for him. But when he was on the field and when he was fit, brilliant player. He's the kind of player that you're now bringing in. These less flashy, less big names, but people who can be a foundation to build on and have your superstars be able to go out there and perform, rather than having a few big names that aren't performing and then there's nothing underneath that. It feels foundational rather than, you know, bottom up rather than top down. Yeah, you'd certainly rather have a Salah than a Bulky, wouldn't you? Poor Pat. Rich, you mentioned Lev Bell. Um, he's been uh, spouting <laughs> some stuff off recently. Yeah. Insane. Slagging off my second favourite head coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he yeah, wasn't I there that long. What's, what's all that about? He was there for a year, and that felt like a rescue deal for his career to go to the Chiefs somewhere a bit more stable, somewhere that was a contender. And, you know, got to the Super Bowl, and now he's slagging off Andy Reid and saying that he would never play for Andy Reid ever again. And then a couple of the, couple of the uh, Chiefs players have come out and basically suggested that it's a personality... like. Only certain personalities put that kind of issue on on other people and not on themselves. And now he's come out and said, oh, I don't regret anything that I said. I love the Chiefs, but I don't regret anything I said. So there's a, I don't get that. It's weird. Like, if you're Lev Bell and you're looking for, you know, the next contract, why are you picking a fight with Andy Reid of all people? I think you... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just bizarre. You, he's not a sort of guy that you think people don't get on with... Um... From the outside looking in. Yeah, I could yeah. be completely wrong, but I'd suspect I'm not. Yeah. I can understand being slightly hacked off that you didn't get played more, but yeah. Well, that's, that's what it will be, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and there's probably a reason for that. Um, yeah. Pat, you uh, you mentioned in the, the chat before we, before we came on air, um, someone's trying to sue the Denver Broncos. Yeah, so they had a player who got injured training away from the facility um, and Denver used that out to cut him and avoid paying him his guaranteed money. Now, he's subsequently been picked up elsewhere, but he is also suing the Denver Broncos for unfairly cutting him when he was trying to stay in football shape in the off-season. And it's an interesting one. You can kind of see on the surface of it, the player maybe deserves a bit more protection trying to do the right things and stay in shape in the off-season. But it comes down to what the Players Association signed up to. So Denver are within their rights to do what they do based on the um, negotiated player CBA. protections that are in place. That's the word, yes. Wasn't it down to where he was practising, though? Isn't yes, it? exactly that. that yeah. yeah, so which... Which was? What do you mean? So because it wasn't at the facility. Facility, fine. Yeah. This this comes down again to this is, the CBA felt unnaturally rushed this time out, and a lot of players who voted against it but were in the minority were very vocal about the fact that they felt that the NFLPA hadn't done enough work to to explain to the players what they were getting into, and we're starting to see some of that stuff fall out. And I think there's going to be a 
a lot of very angry players over the next few years as this stuff shakes out. I actually think that's, it's a huge, a huge issue um, in all sports. Um, we It's funny because I had a brief sort of Twitter discussion <clears throat> with, um, well, I think everyone said something the other day about uh, this. So the reason I raise it is I mentioned the other day about the Sterling interview um, and the yeah. journalist and the journalist had the audacity to ask multiple time Premier League winner Raheem Sterling if he justified his position in the squad. <laughs> what, when he's just scored the winning goal? After he's scored the winning goal. Like, you fucking idiot. Um, but when, they, when the um, Players Associations have these agreements and draft these agreements, it also includes sort of those media expectations and blah, blah, blah. You get fined if you don't do your interviews and X, Y, Z. <clears throat> and actually, I don't think, other than the NBA, I said the only, the only um, Players Association that seems to have real influence, make real change, and has owners and sponsors bought in is the NBA. Um, where why would you do that to a human being? The thing that you're describing that's happened at the Broncos, why would you do that? It doesn't make any reasonable sense. Um, and we do this to, to to these athletes, we put them in these horrible positions, and then we wonder why they make fucking awful decisions. Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. They, they they're human beings, yes, they're highly paid. I hate it when people do that. I couldn't care less how much they're paid. Pay, pay them more. These owners are earning billions and never lifted a weight in their life, never caught a ball in their life, never thrown a pass in their life. These guys are out there breaking their backs and risking their long-term health. It just, it's, it's, it's disgusting and it's such a shame. And I really do wish fans would be a bit more informed around this area to allow players to be a bit more autonomous, to have a bit more power and influence. I've got no problem with player power. Don't play. Fuck them. Like the owners, put your hands in your pocket, look after people. It don't make no sense, man. There's plenty of money. Yeah, it strikes me as very short-sighted on the uh, side of the Broncos because if players turn up slightly out of shape to the first official activities next season... And you say, what, 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 why are you in this condition? They're going to be just like, well, I know, I don't know what I can do outside of the facility to stay in shape. If I risk getting injured, I risk getting caught and losing everything. So I'm better off trying to play catch up than trying to be here ready to start. That's the best thing for me. And if you're, that's how you're going to support me, that's how I'm going to have to uh, deal with it. You know, that that term is supposed to protect teams from players going off and doing really stupid stuff in the off-season, not a player who is working out to try and stay in shape for their football yeah, team. Yeah. And it's bullshit to go ahead and use that that get-out just because you want to cut a player. And let's be fair, we've seen some pretty stupid workout videos from players this off-season as well. Oh, my so. God. It's... <laughs> so, so I've been listening to a podcast called... Ah, um, oh, fuck. I forgot what it's called. Anyway, I'll come to me in a minute. Um it, I mean, there probably is a podcast called that. Uh, the... I might be wrong. It's called. <laughs> it's not. <mine. laughs> um, it's so this podcast talks about crazy, stupid people from the past. And the one episode that I love is called The Rube. And it's about this baseball player from like the 1940s, I think. And he would go off and do things like wrestle alligators in the off season for money. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> go and listen to it. It's fucking brilliant. The, the dollop. That's what it's called. It's called The Dollop. This, this could be more an AOB thing. Um, before we get into AOB, um, Aaron Rodgers. Now, quickly, what? How does this? How does this situation end? Um, Pat, how does this end? 
And it's a very Glad you simple question without a simple answer. I think it ends with him playing in Green Bay reluctantly and kind of half-arsing it. Yeah. Because, I mean, they could afford to play love and leave him out in the cold altogether, but not for long, I don't think, with that fan base. So although they, like, contractually could, I don't think they, on the field product, could. So it feels like it would be better for everyone if they found a trade partner and did a deal, but I don't see that happening now. I think a lot depends on the off-season. The training camp for Love, if he comes in and looks sharp and quality, like the guy that they thought they drafted, because he was drafted, remember, as a developmental prospect that's going to take a couple of years to get up to NFL speed, but massive high ceiling guy if he comes in and looks sharp maybe green bay feel like they've got a bit more leverage if he doesn't they're they're gonna have to go on back on bended knee and try and get rogers happy again i think they have to do that anyway but i I think think they're interesting sorry rich i i i think i think they dig the hills in i don't see it i just don't think a team like green bay can swallow this type of behavior so i reckon you keep him. If he plays badly, you bench him. He'll be gone by next year, but... I but they're they're going to end up getting nothing for him instead of potentially instead of what, a bit of a haul. Yeah. Second, second, uh, at this point, oh. at this point, who's trading for Aaron Rodgers and what are you getting for him at this point? Two months ago, two months ago, end the season, even before that, whenever, like, maybe, maybe you can negotiate a couple first-round picks, whatever. At this point, after all the drama... Who's got anything to trade? I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if they find something suitable. I keep him. Let everyone learn a lesson. And then EI's next year. I I sort of agree with a lot of that. But I also think that there's so many arrogant GMs out there that would just jump on that trade if they got the opportunity to. You only got to get two or three people interested. And it's Aaron Rodgers. Probably going to get another three, four years out of him. All the big quarterback moves have have been made, really. What team, ready to win, needs a quarterback who haven't made a move? And bear in mind, I haven't been involved. I haven't not been um, as up-to-date as typical, but I haven't seen anything. Off the top of my head, I can't think of huge... 49ers, that's one. (laughs) We don't need another quarterback. <laughs> and certainly not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Come in there. You had you had to buy it, Rich. You had to buy it. <laughs> yeah, we've got no first round picks either, so it's <laughs> moot point. From a fan's point of view, you want to see him playing. You don't want to see him wasting a year of his career either not caring or just not playing. Because <laughs> when he's at his pop, he's great. So That's it's an absolute waste of uh, the the tail end of a career. Right, let's get into a world record speedy AOB, um, partly because there's a football match on that we'd all quite like to watch, especially Craig. Um, why don't you kick us off, Craig? I will. Um, so, haven't been on for ages, and obviously, you know, AOB is definitely uh, one of our highlights, and uh, I had many, many options, <laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, but I think I'm going to save some of those. I'm going to go for a really um, positive story. Um, happened a few months ago now, a couple of months ago. Can't remember exactly. Let's say two to three months ago. Um, a guy called Chris Weidman. Anyone heard of Chris Weidman? So funnily enough, um, this guy is a UFC middleweight. And uh, he basically went on this crazy run about 
I want to say five years ago. It could be more, could be less. And um, he went on like a 10 fight unbeaten streak. Won everyone. It happens in mixed martial arts and combat sports where you find a guy who just at that time is better than everyone else. And at the time, it's really hard to see how that man gets beaten. Once he gets beaten, people improve. You realize actually there's always levels. But at the time, he was extremely dominant. Looks really good. Anyway. He came up against this guy called Anderson Silva, who had dominated um, UFC in that division for four or five years. I, I'm sure he hadn't lost for five years at the time. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Chris Weidman finally ends up fighting Anderson, had to work his way up. And in that fight, um, I can't remember whether it was the first or the second fight. In one fight, in um, I'm thinking it might be the first fight. Anyway, in one of those fights, they fought twice with dodgy endings. One of the fi- fights finished with Anderson Silva throwing a leg kick and his leg breaking. I don't know if anyone's seen that video. I yes, so yes, I have. I don't want to see it again. It's it's horrible thing to watch. And I'm pretty sure that was the fight he won the title on. But he also knocked him out. And I can't remember what came first. But anyway, it was horrific thing, horrific scene. Um, first time I've seen that in combat sports. Anyway. Guy won the title, and given the guy he beat, you would expect his career to just fly from then. After then, he really never took off. The two fights of Anderson had dodgy finishes. Like I said, there was one, it was a flash knockout, and then this leg break. Um, I'm pretty sure then he got beat. I think he ended up losing two fights, won a fight. Anyway, real a few injuries, real horrible road back to the top. Anyway, he recently fought uh, the other day, and after, you know, a bit of a layoff. And you would not believe he threw a leg kick and broke his leg in exactly the same way. So that Anderson Silva floppy leg after you've thrown a kick, you've obviously hit bone and now your leg's hanging around. Hadn't been seen in the octagon before then. I think it happened one time since. He then broke his leg in exactly the same way. Threw a kick, broke his leg. That actually wasn't a story. That was a context. Three months later, this fucking legend true soldier is walking again he's been you see he's been posting and talking about his recovery and and he's already training and after seeing that happen to your leg having done that to another human being i can't imagine the mental strength um resilience commitment it would take to to get you back talking to people Alec, you know, Alex like, Smith, you know, you, yeah, see, you, see, you see people, it's incredible, yeah. So um, so that was my OB, uh, I don't advise looking at it, I think it's horrible, I don't I don't like watching it, Um, but Chris Weidman, proper, proper dude, mad respect, uh, and yeah, get well soon. Um, I'm going to go follow that with a very quick sort of 20 second one. And speaking speaking of get well soon, get well soon, Christian Eriksen. And I just want to say there were so many heroes in that stadium from the referee to his teammates, to the medics, to everybody who literally saved that man's life um, in what was a horrible, alarming incident that they've gone through so much Um, touch wood. I don't know whether he'll play football again, but much bigger picture than that. Um, Hopefully he, he goes on to live a normal-ish life with a loving family that he deserves. Um, yeah, get well soon. What's that, Adam? Um, Rich, Pat, you've got about 
30 seconds between you before Craig, uh, <laughs> Craig needs to go. I'll, I'll take the dollop uh, recommendation as mine. Go and listen to the dollop. It's called The Rube, and it's one of like the very early episodes, like first 10 or 12 or 20 of their, of their podcast. There we All go. Right, well, I'll take us home with a, a plea to journalists who are going to regular similar press conferences to have more than one question. Because... <laughs> There's a guy who goes to every Jaguars press conference and says, so how did Tebow look out there today? And he spent the whole of the last season saying, so um, why is James Robinson so quiet? It's like, mate, just you've got a narrative and you want to publish that narrative. We get it. But try and find out something interesting for the people listening and reading your stuff. Because right now you're just boring everyone's tits off. Press conferences are 90% of a waste of time and they should just be cut. Just get rid of them. Media is shit, that's why. Yep. It, it needs a personality, whether, yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm thinking well French tennis, but let's not do that. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a whole other a whole other area. Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's more good than bad that comes out of this, but there's definitely some bad, and people need to book their ideas up. Yeah, well said. Um, right, there we go. That was a snappy, long snapper podcast. Should we, should we go and watch some football? <laughs> yes. Let's. Um, good to be back. Good to good to chat as ever. Um, let's let's not make it so long next time. Um, yeah, my bad. We'll see, you boys. We get Do you mean the pod or the gap between the pods? Uh, either. <laughs> We're never gonna have a pod this short ever again. <laughs> never. That is true. Imagine imagine trying to talk about actual games um, in <laughs> you know, fifty minutes or whatever. Right. Um, we're out of here. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, speak soon. Go well, everyone. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Let's just hope that Germany-France isn't a fucking limp nil-nil. It better not be. <laughs>